The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. What's going on, y'all? It is the end of Women's History Month, and we have a lot to cover. There's been so much going on. Um, I've been like in the mix, kind of out the mix, you know, trying to drift through shit because, you know, I have a, uh, a young baby in the home, so... Oftentimes I get like, you know, I get focused on something and then like, you know, my baby will hit like a growth spurt or she'll get like really fussy at night and she doesn't sleep. So if she's up at night, that means I'm up at night and she gets delayed and more delayed and more delayed. <laughs> but there's so much to talk about that I want to get off my chest. I, I need to talk to y'all. So, okay. I know you fucking lying. There is so much going on right now. So apparently, Jesse Smollett, he is, the charges are dropped. Um, I don't know what type of deal he worked out, but you know, he is, his court case is going to be still from the public. And he, I believe, is going to do like some type of community service work or whatever. And he basically is going to go on like nothing ever really happened. It's a very strange case, to say the least, um, because obviously the police were messy and they were incompetent and it was just a big mess. Um, I'm still going to sit on the fact that Lee Daniels is involved because he's a messy motherfucker. I like, I've been told y'all, I think he has, he's somewhere in the mix of this. I don't know what part he played, but I definitely believe he played a part. Uh, the Chicago Police Department is no surprise that they are messy and because they are messy, this case became like a freak show of publicity stunts. Um, or, and, and with everybody involved, not just, you know, Jesse. Now, do I believe Jesse is innocent? Um, I believe, you know, from the information that's available, I definitely believe he was set up. I don't know if he knows who set him up, but I definitely believe it's possible that he could be holding back information that he doesn't want people to know. And that kind of still brings me back to Lee Daniels. I think Lee Daniels had his hand in this and I don't know. It's just really weird, but that's that's over with. You know, some people feel like, you know, this proves that he was innocent. Some people feel like this proves that he did have something to hide and maybe he wasn't being forthcoming. But either way, 
his case is over. The Chicago Police Department look foolish as always. And I guess we can move on. Um, unfortunately though, we really got to see a lot of people display their homophobia. And, you know, I think people really have, um, the idea of what homophobia is. And, you know, even with racism, like people think homophobia is like using slurs and being hateful towards, you know, queer people. But that's not the case. Like homophobia is attitudes and, and and perceptions and how you treat people of the LGBTQ community. And the fact that, you know, Jesse is out and he is, you know, an openly gay male. I feel like people already have their suspicions or they have their prejudice against him you know, no matter what he does. And, you know, even if he did lie, you know, white people lie all the time. So I don't see how this would be that much different from anything else we see in the media. You know, we had a whole summer last year where news medias were calling white women and white men different names based on the fact that they were calling the police on every black person they came across in contact with no matter how innocent they were. So again, I don't really see what the big deal is, but that's just me, you know, but speaking of lying, cause I know why are you fucking lying? This Mueller report <sighs> is disappointing to say the least. Um, I think that, you know, for the past two years, Robert Mueller, the special investigator, has been, you know, um, he's been getting all this information and he's been subpoenaing people and he's been, you know, issuing all these, you know, uh, uh, you know, memos that, you know, and indictments. And I think to hear that, uh, to hear that Trump isn't going to, has, he, he can't conclude whether or not he was in collusion with Russia tells me a couple of things from the little legal, legalese I do know. Um, either he personally feels that he colluded with Russia, but there's not enough evidence to prove that he did it as a conspiracy or that he did it intentionally. Like, I feel like, you know, just because he said there's not enough evidence to prove that he did not collude with Russia doesn't mean that he's innocent. However, he feels indifferent on whether he obstructed justice. I mean, we all know he's guilty of something, of, of several things, um, as a sitting president and as a politician and as a businessman. Like he's just crooked all the way through. And I think I'm, I'm really interested in how the states will play this out because I, I noticed how like 
Mueller will say this and then he'll drop it and then like, you know, let the states handle it. Um, it just seems like white people can get away with so much trash and so much, you know, crimes against humanity and it's okay, you know, um, I'm interested in seeing in who will be arrested or charged next. Um, I hope it hits close to home for Trump. I hope like someone like really close to him that he actually appreciates or he values like his children. If he values his children, I hope they get indicted somewhere down the line. But it's really interesting to see how this is viewed as a win and the white house um they put out this memo on people that shouldn't be interviewed by the media because they all said that you know trump was in collusion with russia and now there's proof that he isn't and that's really not 100 percent correct that's more of a conclusion from someone that is um, and very favorable of Trump. So I definitely support the Mueller report becoming public. And I can't wait to read it because, you know, that's going to be all kind of tea, all kind of tea. So I'm I'm really interested in reading that and hearing about it and everything like that. But speaking of tea. So on my Instagram, right, you can find me on Instagram, Miss Dainty Thug. I follow this account, right, called Literary Tea. And it's an Instagram account that literally covers all the drama of your favorite Black urban book authors. And I did not know that these niggas was so messy. Like, I mean, I know... As a creative, you kind of have to be a little messy from time to time to like drum up some publicity and to, you know, um, get people to look at you and pay attention. But these niggas be wildin'. Like they be on their Facebook page calling people bitches, be telling people they gonna fight somebody, sending ceases and desists and all types of shit. Like dogging, dissing they fucking album, not album, but it's like they dissing their album or like a diss track because they like an author A will put out a, a new cover for their new urban lit and then author B and C will diss it. They're off and then author D <clears throat> will like be like, oh, you using my old artist. Like it's just like a whole fuck shit of, of like a chitlin circuit reality TV show. And it's hilarious to me. So, you know, one of the people that's on the hit list of this page is Quan Mills. If y'all know who Quan Mills is, Quan Mills is a hot mess. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. But I interviewed him, right? I interviewed Quan Mills last year. Um, so if you don't know who Quan Mills is, Quan Mills is this urban lit author who writes, creates these really ridiculous, you know, titles for his books, like that bitch is, that bitch got roaches or, you know, um, I'm pregnant by my 
uncle's brother, gay grandson or some shit like that. Just really ridiculous. And the books that he write are just as ridiculous as the titles. <laughs> and, um, so I interviewed him and everything like that. And he had a lot to say. He had, you know, he was just like, you know, his stance is people only don't like his books because they want to be too woke or, you know, they're elitist because, you know, everybody doesn't need to be reading, you know, academic style, you know, ta Coates type of literature. You know, people can enjoy what they enjoy. And, you know, I gave him, I gave him that, you know, everybody doesn't want to read, um, complex literature or something that they can't really grasp. I mean, trashy books are a thing. It's a, it's a legit genre. You know, everything I read doesn't have to be, you know, uh, for self care or, for, you know, wellness or for education. Sometimes I just want to read a quick, easy book that that's entertaining that will, you know, uh, something, an easy read. Like sometimes I want to be able to read a book in like two hours, you know, and is room for that. But I think a lot of his, his biggest criticism comes in with how he, you know, depicts black women, which is a fair criticism, um, for any man, especially black men on when they're creating these narratives, right? So, um, he has, he, he gets a lot of pushback from black women who, um, don't really appreciate how he writes black women in his narratives and, he is pretty unapologetic about it. I mean, the way he, the way he frames the way he writes his characters, specifically black women, is he feels like, you know, he needs to be able to speak in simple terms that people could understand, but he's still addressing the problem. So yeah, you know, his character, you know, let's say Laquanda, cause you know, he comes up with these really ridiculous names. And not even really ridiculous name, but he kind of like, it feels like he's making fun of people names. So he'll say like, you know, Laquanda will be like this dark skinned, overweight woman who is being abused by her light skinned aunt who has, who is being traumatized by her, you know, uh, uh, man who's a, an abuser. Like, and he, I mean, the way he puts it, he makes the same like, yes, these are, these are, tropes that you know are are black stereotypes that we don't want to um uh acknowledge but you know these are things these are these are types and stereotypes that people can relate to so anyway so he's he's on his he's on his literary T page and you know other artists and authors be calling him out or they be screenshotting him and just talking about him but it's a really fun page to follow. I follow it on Instagram cuz it's always fun to see who is on that summer jam screen, you know? Anyway, I know you fucking lying because people lie all the time, you know, just like these, um, Aunt Becky, 
what is her name? Lori Laughlin, Felicia Hoffman, you know, white actresses who are millionaires paying up to half a million to get their regular, degular, underachieving ass children into USC. Like, I didn't even know USC was popping like that. Like, when I think of schools in LA, I'm thinking like, oh, I want to go to UCLA, not USC. But I did a little research. And basically, USC has a very uh, recognizable, accredited, and uh, attractive film and theater program. And apparently, like, it's like the Harvard of, like theater and film on the West Coast. So basically, if you can get into that school and you get into that program, you know, you're granted to have a job in Hollywood or at least have the connections to get into Hollywood. And okay, I get that. You know, you want to have your kids, you know, connected. But my thing is, these bitches are already rich. Like, what other connections do they need? And that kind of like pisses me off. Cause like I went to LIU, right? In Brooklyn, New York. And I'm in a shit ton of debt. Okay. And my personal, like my academic network is trash. Like I had to really work hard for the connections that I did get and that I was able to access because the alumni is almost non-existent and it's just it's just not really popping I am jealous jealous in a good way though of like school networks like Howard University Spelman Morehouse HBCUs have such strong you know, alumni networks. Like, the only thing you can do if you go to like a PWI, a private white institution, if you're a black person, is to join a black sorority or fraternity. That's your only hope. And if you don't even do that, you are shit out of luck. Because if you're not at Harvard, NYU, Columbia, you know, one of those big elite schools, it's gonna, it's, you might as well go to community college. And you know what? And it's not even shade at community college. Cause I should have took my ass to community college or at least a city college. Cause I could have got the same education that I got at LIU if I would have went to Hunter. For real. Like the money I paid at LIU, I could have went to NYU. At least I would have had the name behind me. Would have made my resume more attractive. Right. And I would have had some connections because NYU is popping like that. So I would, I get paying money to go to schools like that. But when you are rich and your family is rich, why are you paying $500,000 to lie to get your children into school? Like you have all the access and all the resources at your disposable at your disposal and you trying to tell me and everybody else that you can't get your kid into college because and then your your kids don't even want to go to college they could have saved that five hundred thousand dollars and since the girl wants to be i'm talking about Lori laughlin's daughter at this time like since she wants to be a beauty youtube celebrity influencer they should just gave that girl that five hundred thousand dollars and had her launch a makeup 
or beauty brand. Instead, they did all this scheming, all this plotting, and all she wanted to do was go to school just for the like parties and shit. Like she had no real interest in going to school. And you know what? The fucked up thing is, is that somebody that really deserved to go to that school did not get that spot. But that's not just USC. I, that's all colleges. If you're a legacy or, or your parents are influential and they got money or they're, and they're donating, you have a better spot than somebody who probably got perfect grades in high school, a very attractive SAT, ACT score, score really high in the regions or whatever the case, whatever bullshit standardized test that people use to actually um, measure intelligence. It doesn't really matter because if you have money, it doesn't even matter. But usually it's usually minority kids that work super, super hard because I remember when I was a kid, you know, my grandmother would be like, uh, yeah, you know, make sure you get good grades. You got to work so hard. You got to work so hard. You got to be smarter than the white kids. You got to be just as smart as them. You know, you got to be better than them. You have to, you know, get good grades all the time. And I feel like so many black kids and, and even I'm pretty sure other minorities too, but black kids specifically have been taught and it's been like ingrained in us that we have to be smarter than white kids and, and, Looking back at it from grammar school to college, I can't recall one white kid that was smarter than me. Not one. I can't think about a white kid that was I was in class with that was on honor roll or graduated Valley Victorian. I think the people who graduated Valley Victorian were like Indian or something like that. I, I can't recall, but I don't remember like white kids being honor roll students in high school where I was in high school. Definitely not middle school. So I don't know why, you know, I don't, I don't want the younger generation. I'm just definitely going to teach my daughter this that, you know, white kids aren't smarter than you naturally. They just have opportunity and resources that a lot of people might not be able to access. And what this situation shows us is that even when they do have access, they don't even fucking use it. Just a waste of time. Like, I'm pretty sure she paid people to write her papers in school and, you know, probably paid teachers and, and, and school districts to pass her. You know, I bet you if you had a conversation with her, I bet you she can't write a paper. I bet you her structure, her English structure is fucked up. I can guarantee you I put that my last dollar on it. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Could you imagine your parents being rich and you don't know shit about shit? Like, you just rich. Like, fuck it. I'm rich. I don't care. I don't care. I don't have to be smart. I'm rich. And I know that's, that's how they roll because what's that tired ass duck lady name? From the Real Housewives. Kim Zosiak. She's another example of that. Like her daughters are not that bright. They don't like school. And they're in high. I think one of them is in high school. And like I'm pretty sure they go to a really good high school. 
in a really good school district and they just like, I just want to do makeup. I just want to do hair. I just want to do this. And those aren't bad careers, but I mean, unless you have a real talent for it, like some people are just talented. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Sam Fawn has a talent to be a makeup artist, you know? Just because you can like overly contour your face and do a smoky eye doesn't mean you're a makeup artist. But that's neither here nor there. Getting tired of white people. I'm always tired of white people. But speaking of white people, we are roughly three weeks away from Game of Thrones. I have begun to start um binge watching Game of Thrones because I mean you have to keep like I've most of people I know that really like Game of Thrones they really um start from season one and just have to go through it you have to relive all of it you have because there's so many things you pick up that you didn't pick up previously and like and this is probably be mine to be like what six or seven time going from season one to season seven just binging because there's so much information that you forget and so much information that you missed and every time you watch it you pick up something else so I'm definitely interested and I cannot wait for Game of Thrones also with Game of Thrones coming out the end game is here it's here so winter's here Thanos is snapping well he didn't already snapped and my Marvel released um, their posters of who survived, who ain't surviving, and everyone's upset that Shuri didn't survive or allegedly didn't survive. So we don't know yet. So I'm upset if she didn't survive because like she's the smartest, especially with Tony gone. So we need to fix that. Um, now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have some like upcoming guests in the future in the near future so that's going to be really really cool um we had a meetup for us this past weekend and of course it was pretty lit but we're not gonna talk about this week we're gonna talk about it next week um i have something else i want to um review this week for um our reviews so (sighs) how y'all feeling i hope y'all feeling good hope everything is well as always you know when niggas be talking shit just be like i know you fucking lying because niggas be lying and sometimes they be lying just to be lying because they ain't got nothing else to do what is miss dainty thug feeling this week this is where i tell you what i'm reading what i'm listening to some new product i've tried and let you know what i think unapologetically Hey y'all, all All right, so here's the review of the week. So I finally got around to watching Captain Marvel. And, you know, I thought it was a cool movie. You know, it's probably not the best Marvel movie I saw, but it was definitely cool and entertaining. I definitely don't understand why so many men had a problem with it. Like, it was a cool movie. There was this article written that this this guy being basic basically said that, you know, um, Samuel L. Jackson's character was castrated as a person because he was goofy and he actually acted like a normal human being. 
But I don't really see why these, you know, comic nerds really had an issue with it. So basically, Captain Marvel, they're setting the tone for Endgame, right? So Captain Marvel is supposed to be really the strongest Avengers, um, as strong as Thor, at least on in the cinema, because, you know, Thor is a god. So in comics, it's a little bit different. But in cinema, you know, Carol is pretty strong. So um she is, you know, learning more about herself. And it really takes you through the timeline of how she got her powers and how she meets Nick Fury and, you know, how she defeats um, these aliens and it's a it's a really cool crossover of agents of shield um if you listen to any of the other um episodes i've um recorded you know that i i like agents of shield it was pretty slow in the beginning but now i'm really into agents of shield so um i like it so i thought it was a good merge of agents of shield and you know nick furry i don't really get the negative feedback of it i mean it was kind of set it was like a time capsule type of movie where it was like set in like the 90s like the early 90s so it had like a real early 90s nostalgia feel to it like internet cafes you know the internet's at the same obviously and you know just you know uh 90s music 90s fashion it was pretty cool it was like it was a Marvel movie you can enjoy with the kids. And I guess people didn't like it. I mean, Iron Man, you can enjoy with the kids. Black Panther, you can enjoy with the kids. I don't know what makes Captain Marvel so uniquely different to make people hate it so much. It was pretty cool. Um, one of the things that, um, uh, another article I read regarding Captain Marvel that they kind of like drew um, attention to is Monica. Now, I don't know if Monica is supposed to be Spectrum or I believe, you know, she was also Captain Marvel. So I read an article that was written by someone that basically said that, you know, Carol had her as her sidekick when she's just as strong and powerful. Um, I mean, is it possible that Marvel's going to introduce Spectrum? I mean, maybe we don't know. I don't give, you know, Marvel the credit to, you know, introduce a, a black super entity power superhero over a white woman i mean i just don't know where that logic will come from but it's cool to see them on film it's, it was a cool movie like to see a lot of girl power and you know to see um the focus off of the other avengers now if you want to compare captain marvel to wonder woman i'm just speaking in terms of like the actual movie which movie, you know, had the best presentation, which movie had the best storyline, which movie had the best effects. And, you know, the audience, I mean, men complained about Wonder Woman as well. Um, I think they tolerated Wonder Woman more because they think, um, the actress who plays Wonder Woman is, um, attractive and, you know, quote unquote, an exotic looking woman. So I think that was the reason why it was tolerated more by men. And Carol is just, you know, Bree, she's kind of like, you know, a regular blonde 
girl. She kind of, she had like a really 90s look to her. She like, she looked like she could be an extra on like Dawson Creek or something. So I don't know. I guess because I'm not a guy and I'm not an asshole. So I don't have a problem with Captain Marvel. So I mean, if you want to watch something and you want to get ready for Endgame, I would definitely recommend it. Um, if you are looking for something with hardcore action, um, you might get a little, uh, antsy in a way because it's like, it's action in it, but it's not completely action packed. It's more, it's like a lot of storyline in it. Um, it's definitely not the pace of Jessica Jones, but it's like, um, I guess kind of like an Ant-Man in a way. Um, but Ant-Man was a little bit more funnier. Um, Captain Marvel as isn't as funny as that, but it's still a cool movie. So, I mean, watch it. Watch it for yourself. Make your own decision and don't read Rotten Tomatoes because they some haters over there. All right. So give Captain Marvel a chance. All right. Peace.